Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. And we're running. How are you? Good to see you and thank you so much for being here. You actually don't know how long I have been waiting for the opportunity to cover this book with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, thanks. Awesome, awesome. So today, actually, I'm going to start with an anecdote, funnily enough. One of my favorite musicians, James Brown, this guy was raised in a brothel by hookers prostitutes to say it nicely and they 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 have done a pretty good job i would imagine because he although he was a bit of a you know sociopath james brown have you have you ever heard anything about him no I yeah didn't know anything. he was very extremely controlling in his relationship with his wife or girlfriend a- apparently it would be she would only be allowed to basically look at him all the time and he would only say like oh look at that baby or look at this because obviously, you know, he was a musician, so they're quite obsessed about themselves. But yeah, he had her, you know, he, he was very controlling in his relationship. Jesus. I know, right? Are they still together? Uh, maybe in the other world, you know, because I think he's, he's, he's dead mm. right by now. Yeah, but that actually lends itself to the topic that um, we're gonna, we are going to be talking about today which is this book, what is it called actually? It's called, if you're in my, my office, office. Uh-huh. it's already too late. Yeah, so we're talking about ma- marriage, the, the construct of marriage. Well, relationships. Right, yeah, you can actually apply it to relationships. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's actually a really good point. And the first one that he actually brings up that I personally find really interesting, by the way, sorry if you can hear pages turning, but obviously I can't memorize the content of the whole book, can I? I could try. <laughs> is um, marriage slash relationship as a technology, and I think that's such a such an interesting way of, of looking at it, because usually technology is there to solve problems, right? So what problem would the relationship or marriage aim to solve in for in human for humans and in in our society? Is that what he talks about in that chapter? Yes. Yeah, he's saying that people get together and they think it's a solution to their problems. I mean, I think it does solve a lot of sort of legal and civil Mm -hmm. (laughs) issues. And I think for a lot of people, it's still a lot of status kind of achievement. Right. to get married it's like a milestone in your life mm-hmm. like if you don't get married you've like failed at something right in your life and in your relationships right um and like i guess a lot of people even in like west i mean obviously less so in the western cultures but like you still do have pressures from your families in, in a lot of countries so like i do think it does lead to 
you know, some people just see it as like, I have to do this, like in my life, it has to happen at some point. It's kind of like a blocker if you don't. Because mm. I've been thinking, do you think the reason why people get in relationships, I mean, obviously it's kind of encoded in in being human, right? In biology, other other animals also get together. But previously, I would imagine that it was just way harder to survive, right? On your own. You would have, when you were, let's say, a hunter-gatherer, and if you were either in your tribe or you had a mate that you can count on, it was probably way easier to find food, find shelter and everything. But I don't nowadays... know, though, because like even in hunter-gatherer times, it was like men would hunt together mm-hmm. and like women would just, like stay put. Right. You know what I mean? And it was like that for a long time. So I don't think it's so much so like survival from the like physical point of view. I think it's more a psychological mm-hmm. uh, like aspect that once you're in a relationship, you feel more safe psychologically as opposed to like, oh, if I don't have someone, I won't be able to get food. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was ever a consideration. I think it's more like to do with... I think w- humans like have a sense of loneliness if they're not with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a, that's such an interesting point that you touched upon. Because in the sense, do you think this is some sort of mother nature setting a trap on you so you keep, you know, passing on your DNA, essentially, you know, keep the life keep the life going from generation to the next one so it built in different mechanisms in your brain that will push you to you know keep the life going yeah i mean i think as you said like it's kind of intrinsic to animals and just beings that like you are looking for a partner Mm -hmm. kind of and obviously you know like some animals do it just for like reproducing but like humans and a lot of other animals need like another person it's just like kind of inbuilt in them and i don't think it's necessarily that the other person needs to be your romantic partner but you need a connection Mm -hmm. like i don't think we are built in nature to survive completely on our own Mm -hmm. right yeah, because I am just wondering if people getting together isn't just firstly because it's something encoded in us, because it was very useful back in the day, but these days you can be perfectly fine on your own with the with the caveat that actually you're really miserable, right? So it's a part of being happy and satisfied. But realistically, I'm just thinking whether it's not the, the whole point of it is just not to keep the life going. I, I know it might sound like a pretty selfish or far-fetched theory, but... Um, I don't know. I think we've gotten to the point where like, there's a big line between like 
keeping like reproducing and you know choosing to be with someone i think the two don't need to like come together right um i think in the past like you chose to be with someone and that you know within that you just reproduced and you know kept the human race growing but i think now it's kind of like you don't really need one to have the other mhm and but i still think like you find that sense of loneliness in people like it hasn't gone away i mm, think yeah. like some people like maybe okay on their own but i think in general you like if you're able to find a very a good match you'll thrive more mm-hmm. with someone else yeah because there is an argument to be made that previously when families would have eight kids they just need physical labor from from the kids the reason why you would have a lot of kids was that they would work in field you mm-hmm. know um but now it's not really i think now having kids is more of an expense rather than benefit i don't think so i think it's a lot of people's like goal in mm. life to have a kid oh yeah no but just from purely financial point of view previously you would n- n- these oh, days yeah, most yeah, people don't yeah. have a field where they can you know yeah. have their well, kids well i guess but at the same time i guess you're kind of looking long term you're like if i provide x y and z now for my kid like in 20 years he's going to provide yeah x y and z for me right it's not immediate return mm, for your okay. money it's a long term investment, investment. <laughs> fair that's fair yeah so i guess i mean i guess it's it's reasonable to put the that this question out there that i guess the broader lesson behind it is that a lot of people would get into a relationship without that's what this the author of the book is saying right that a lot of people would get into a relationship without knowing why they're getting into a relationship and why what would they want out of this relationship and they don't really know who they are and and as a as a result they they obviously can't really know who they need yeah. from from their partner right yeah what well, so you you agree with that right Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's like encoded in society that you should look for a companion, you should look for a partner. Um so like you see that as your first objective. Right. And then like if you're lucky enough, you also like find yourself or like figure yourself out on the way. But I don't think society puts an emphasis on like, oh, like who cares about, you know, relationships and boyfriends and all this romantic stuff like, you know, all these romantic movies and things. It's like all these people's goals is just trying to be with the other person. It's not you don't know if they are like fulfilled within themselves. Right. So shouldn't it be the other way around? You shouldn't be at it should be illegal to get into a relationship unless you know what you're doing. 
and no, who you are. No, it shouldn't be illegal. I think getting into a relationship is like a trial and error. Mm-hmm. Like if it was illegal, then like it would kind of be like okay, like you need to learn who you are, and then like then you'll find one person and that's it. <laughs> the right. game's done. Like you also learn who you are through relationships, and also like it's not like learning. Uh, like about yourself is like a short-term process it's like your whole life you learn things about yourself so like if you're lucky enough like you get to like a good point where like the person you're with matches um who matches you know who you see who you see yourself as in that moment and you're able to grow yeah congruently to each other Mm -hmm. okay fair because building up a little bit on on what we just said the the book says that the two key problems that so the guy who wrote the book is a divorce lawyer he he's basically helping people you know close a chapter in life and potentially move on so he saw a lot of failed relationships I would imagine he doesn't really see the ones that thrive because of his profession. So he's saying that the, that there are two reasons, key reasons for you know failed relationships, and they are that you don't know what you want, and or you can't express what you want. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. How how would you how how would you how do you think that manifests itself, and how what can people why, why is that the case that people cannot, for example, say what is actually on their mind? Well, I think the first one is you don't know what you want because like, you won't know that you want something until you have it. Right. So you need to experience something to know, okay, this is in my want pile. And then you need to experience something else to, be, to say that this is in my I don't want pile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's why I was saying I think it, it's okay to be in relationships and to have breakups and stuff. It's yeah. obviously a different ball game when you decide to get married. Yeah. Um, and I also think majority of the population has communication issues yeah. with everyone, not just with their partner. It's just obviously they are more intense mm-hmm. um, or more palpable when they happen with your partner because obviously these agreements and fights and so on are a lot more likely i but i also think it's quite funny that you tend to have usually biggest problems with the people closest to you and it sounds almost counterintuitive. Do you do you even agree with that? Yeah, and I think it's because you generally tend to have expectations from the people that are closest to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you also tend to not express verbally your expectations. So you're never going to go up to your friend and say, I need you or I want you to mm-hmm. do this or be like this for me or not do that or so on and then when they don't meet those expectations that they don't know about (laughs) you're disappointed and upset Mm -hmm. 
and that causes friction and that's where the disagreement begins so i think that's the point he's trying to get at like you can't it's nor once you know what you want that creates an expectation but if you don't communicate that expectation with the person you're with they won't be able to read your mind and just know that that's what you're expecting and then once they don't do what you're expecting you're upset yeah how do you think you can figure out what you want i know it sounds like a big question but what can you do to figure out what you want well i think it's what i was saying you just from all your interactions you just see oh this is what i like the most this is what i like the least and you know it kind of <laughs> you start finding someone that matches your oh they also like to do this the most or they behave in this way or they react in this way and i'm looking for that mm-hmm. obviously we both have friends and we we see situations right in life what do you think kind of moving on to the second point that he he mentioned which is that people cannot express what they want what would you say is the you see as the biggest problem in people not trying to, or not being able to express what they want what is usually why is that because if you know what you want why I would you be able to articulate thing, it i think it's just that people don't or like they don't know that they should they just expect the other person to know because in their head they think oh this is how i'm behaving so you know they should be behaving the same because we're friends or we're together mm-hmm. but like that's not how it works people don't behave the same so, and mm-hmm. it's also the fact that i think generally when someone doesn't meet your expectations you kind of take it as if they're doing it with malicious intent mm. they have like negative um there's negativity behind them not meeting your expectations yep when that's not the case one of the really funny things i heard is that oh i hoped you would figure it out so and like i'm not going to tell you i hoped you would figure it out yourself i think this is what a lot of because it gives you the person who says it it gives them a good excuse as in like i don't want to push you to anything or whatever i just would i would like you to guess essentially yeah and i think it's because i don't know in your head you kind of you don't want to keep saying I want you to do this or I want you to do that or I don't want you to do this because then I don't know you may come off as controlling or mm. you know you want people to be themselves but at the same time you want them to you have certain expectations for them I want to cuz I agree with you completely what I think is because the author of the book kind of offers solution to this in a way, right? He has this suggestion that you can use just almost straight away email 
the person that you have a misunderstanding or miscommunication or send them a text, whatever you prefer, and just tell them what was the issue and how you how it made you feel what what's kind of on your mind why do you think what, what do you think about it i think that's good i think it's a great idea i think it's just it needs to look anything that you may be in disagreement or be pointing out about the other person kind of can't be a core value mm-hmm. so i think this works as long as what you're asking or what you're disappointed about isn't something that's going to isn't something that's intrinsic to that other person because i mean at that point then you're just gonna break up i'm sorry i had a technical issue but everything is fine um the the laptop showed me that um, it's loading photos and I was thinking like what kind of photos might you be loading um, and I thought that the whole recording is gonna gonna be gone so um, I had a mini heart attack <laughs> <laughs> but um, so for that reason I couldn't really really you know understand what you said because I was trying to fix the fix the fix the thing yeah mm. I mean I think what he I was just saying that I think what he tries to get at with the idea of telling the person straight away by a text or email is really good and it allows whoever is expressing the issue mm-hmm. or, um, to kind of, even if they're angry or annoyed, you know, if I'm texting you, I'm not, it's less likely that there's going to be conflict because we're not together. We, it can't spark mm-hmm. um, and it allows the other person to process it more calmly. Right. And I guess the really good thing for the person who's sending the text is that they don't have to pickle in their own anger and frustration. They expressed, you know, what what's bothering them. Yeah. But one other thing that links to it is that in a, in an argument you can be right or you can um what is he saying be happy be yeah oh so you remember it nice (laughs) yeah he says you can be uh, happy or be right and what what do you think about it why can't you have both because i mean I guess there's a lot of arguments where you have your stance and the other person has their stance and like truly nobody's right and nobody's wrong. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of perception and like some things might go back to your own personal traumas that you have and it won't matter if you know you're right or mm-hmm. wrong. Um, so I think what he tries to get at with these, this is for minor issues, Mm -hmm. you know, I think this is for small things someone said in a passive way or small disagreements, Mm -hmm. um, 
then this works, this concept. You just, it shouldn't, if it's not important to you, you should just let it go. Right. And, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as it's not important to you. I think once something becomes, like, touches a specific nerve or in a certain way, then obviously I I would think like I would rather get the point across and but again I don't think it's about being right I don't think it's ever about being right it's not it's just letting the other person know this is this is how I felt and because you did this it's not no one's right and no one's wrong mm-hmm. yeah I agree with you I definitely agree with you but I am wondering what if you actually feel like, oh, I am really right on this one. What do you do then? I mean, if you're really right on that one, then the other person should probably concede that you're right. Mm-hmm. It sh- I, it's, I think it's normal in a relationship that someone will point something out and upon reflection, you'll realize, yeah, they're right. Mm-hmm. I have this issue or something. Yeah, what I'm trying to figure out is how do you pick the hill that you want to die on? And and how do you know that this one isn't that one? I guess that's the secret to staying together <laughs> and married. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think this is how it links to you need to know who you are and what you want because then you can actually know okay this is really important for me and this one i can compromise on on that one you know yeah i think i think this this is probably the 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 big takeaway from 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 that lesson and one other thing we have a lot of one other things today but i should probably change it up a little bit I don't think the transitions are very smooth between topics mm-hmm. <laughs> is that you need to change if you want to stay with the same person long term because mm. they might change mm-hmm. or you both might change and you're not going to be changing in the same direction. And I think actually that's what, you know, this book brings up is yeah. is that people evolve and grow further apart from each other Mm -hmm. do you think there is do you think first of all this happens because people are not conscious that this is happening and only once it's already too late they realize or because nobody wants to grow further apart from the person they initially you know i hardly can imagine anyone getting into a into a relationship or a friendship and and being like i am not on the same page with that person right yeah and i guess it's always linking back to what you just said i think if it's if you have a set of values about yourself and you think these are my this is my core values this is important to me i need the people around me to respect these and you know feel the same about them mhm then if everything outside of that changes you're not gonna grow apart from the person obviously this is if you're changing in a positive way Mm -hmm. um but i think as soon as your core values 
start to change, that's when you might have, you know, some tension and some distancing. Because although you may think this is the right step for me, your partner may not be on the same page. And I guess it's just how much are they willing to meet you Mm -hmm. halfway. Right. It's funny because apparently I want to say that a huge amount of divorces in, in America occurs only after people retire. So they they will usually go on together and doing quite well until let's say their 50s or 60s and then there is the spike of divorces. Because people suddenly start to hang out with each other a lot. Mm-mm. You know, kids aren't there anymore if they if if they had any. Yeah. And they are, who is that person? You know. And I think that speaks to the point that people don't know who they are and they don't know who is their partner or. Yeah, and they... I guess I mean you lose track if you're married for so many years, and you know people tend to live very monotone lives. Like mm-hmm. you wake up. You have breakfast, you go to work, you come Kill me home, now. you know, you go to the pub, you have a drink, you come back. That's your life every day for like 30 years. Oof. And, you know, your partner, you, you, take, you start to take your partner for granted. You know, you just, it's not the same as the beginning. You're not getting to know each other. You know each other or you think you know each other. And so you're not, you know, checking in, checking in with each other. You're not keeping track of changes Mm -hmm. Um, and nobody really has any drastic changes during their working life like you may pick up a new sport but who does that yeah so just pick another donut so you know it's i can see that happening Mm -hmm. but yes i tell i definitely agree with you that you might fall a victim to just monotony and nothing changing but it seems that it's that's a different case it seems like people go through life without knowing their partner and suddenly when they have time when they are actually at home and they can have a good look on the other person they are you know pulling their hair out of their head because they can't they just can't stand each other they hate each other how can you know how can you find yourself in a situation like that i don't know i guess you just didn't know yourself very well to begin with or you didn't take enough time to you know explore your partner i think a lot of people also retire and have nothing to do yeah no one has hobbies or interests you're just and i think that creates a lot of static mm-hmm. <laughs> tension you're just kind of you know you've wasted your life away oh yeah but this and, is and mm-hmm. i think it's the fact that you have no interests or hobbies your partner has no interest or hobbies and so everything like, i don't know your life just comes to kind of a a standstill mm-hmm. and you know your relation is suddenly this third 
member that <laughs> wasn't part of the family before. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And it's exactly what the book says. Because in the book, the suggestion is actually get away from your partner. Spend some time on your own. If you haven't figured out who you are yet, put some effort into it. You know, see what you're into. See what's out there for you, but just for you as a person, not for you as a as a mother or a father or a husband or a wife, you know, are you into kayaking? Are you into, I don't know, old school French cinema? Just see, see what's out there. Kind of try to build your personality in outside of, you know, your standard role of a, of, of a family member, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like people do it. Do you think? Or what do you think? Do you think people do that enough? I personally no. think it's even during the time when you're young and you have a lot of time, it's very easy to neglect it and pick easy, easier options such as, you know, watching your favorite TV show or going out for a, for a pint, which all those things are fine, but as long as they, they are not the core thing of what you're doing, right? Because I, th I feel like do you see what do you, do you see kind yeah, of what i'm yeah, trying to say i do see what you're saying and i think our generation especially is kind of has fallen into this trap of you know going for drinks is my personality trait mm -hmm. and it's not you know going for drinks is great and you know going for dinner is great but it's that's not how you learn about yourself i mean Obviously, hanging out with your friends, you can have really interesting conversations and all of that, but it's you're never gonna kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone by doing these activities. And so you're kind of limiting yourself and your personality and your knowledge of yourself mm -hmm. if you if you don't try new things and if you don't you know commit to doing new things and meet new people mm -hmm. <laughs> and so on um and yeah i think it's again it's just i don't think it's something that society really pushes on people to mm -hmm. you know go out and just be on your own and figure out what you like to do and what you don't like to do instead of what your group of friends like to do yeah what they don't like to do um because then you're always in this kind of herd mentality you're always influenced by other people and you don't have an opinion on mm -hmm. your own and then you can't make decisions on your own and because you don't know what you like and what you don't like yeah like you always need someone else to tell you oh you know i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do that mm -hmm. yeah do you think people and i don't think it's gonna be anything new that i'm saying i'm saying now that people don't spend enough time on their own not necessarily secluded from other people but on their own so yeah no i think that's true i think there's why kind of and um, but it's it's it, i think it goes back to the same idea that if you're on your own you're you might just be doing you might just be watching tv 
um, because you haven't picked up any hobbies and so nothing pushes you to be on your own you know it's kind of a negative oh I'm bored you know you have no stimulation when you're mm-hmm. on your own um, and because you don't have any hobbies that you can do on your own mm-hmm. um, you see being alone as a negative mm-hmm. so I think they feed into each other if you had hobbies you'd be able to you know spend time on your own doing that thing but because you don't have any interests and so on you're just like at home watching tv bored and you know you think you're you're wasting time mm-hmm. it's it's seen as a you you categorize it under a negative yeah i definitely agree with you why do you think it's so hard for people to do things on their on their on their own because i i agree it's so much nicer if you can do things in a group try new things in a group but obviously it's hard to plan especially new things because it requires a bunch of people to agree on doing something new at the same time and it's very easy to you know plans to fall apart when it's not something that people are because humans are are creatures of habit right trying new things is not in your habit right or mm-hmm. i, I want to say it's if it's a new thing to you obviously it's not something you do normally mm-hmm. which means you need to put extra energy into it mm-hmm. so why do you think people people's preferences to you know or maybe people dislike doing things on their own they don't want to do this or go there or try that on their own they in in almost immediately you're thinking oh how can i rope someone in uh, to do it with me I guess because it's out of your comfort zone, especially when you're doing something new and you want a sense of kind of safety and security. So you want some like a known factor (laughs) into Mm -hmm. the new activity and going with someone, you know, is kind of a safety net. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, if I fail, we fail together. Mm. I'm not failing on my own. I think it's just as a general society has kind of a you know it shuns you (laughs) for not being good at things when you try something new Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's why everyone's worried of trying new stuff because they're gonna be bad initially they're gonna they're not gonna be good unless it's something they've done since they were a child you know picking up a new hobby in your 20s is you just you're too self-conscious <laughs> because everyone is too self-conscious and you're always thinking oh they're gonna judge me how did we get here to people being so because you know just kind of going back to hunter gatherers back in the day it actually made a lot of sense to worry what your fellow tribesmen think about you, right? Mm-hmm. If you were a cunt and every time when you were picking up berries with your fellow fellow people, you would eat most of berries for yourself. You're, you're very selfish, right? You're yeah. not helping the tribe. Yeah. So it's not good. So you should be, you shouldn't do So that was kind of like a control mechanism mm-hmm. for, for the micro society that was, that was back then to, you know, punish bad behaviors and, and you know um um how how would you say um 
compliment good ones mm -hmm. or you know um, reward good yeah. ones but these days most of the feedback you're worried about doesn't really matter anyways right yeah and i think the issue is that we're all looking for validation in other people we we're always all thinking oh what are they gonna think if i do this or what is this person gonna think if i do that and so on when really the only validation you should be seeking is your own mm. so as long as you're you know content with doing that thing then you will do it right you know if if you just think well i'm happy with this decision so it doesn't really matter if you know they're not happy with it or they don't like it and so on then you know that's fine but i think a, a, a very few people think in terms of me mm -hmm. and most people think in terms of what is this person outside of my control gonna think yeah do you think because we are rational beings right even you and me and we are no we are not particularly brainy people we can figure it out just just by talking it seems almost obvious right to to figure out that this mechanism is flawed took mm -hmm. us maybe 15 seconds yeah but yet i'm sure that as most people the two of us also fall trap we've we fall for this behavior probably even more often than than we know yeah what um, can you do to you know free yourself from that well i don't know i think it's about educating yourself i think a lot of people have issues that are you know they come from your childhood that you're not even aware about and i think a lot of people are people pleaser mm -hmm. because of their childhood because of their relationship they had with their parents and so on and so you know when you have a people pleasing attitude you never think in terms of me you think in terms of oh um i'm putting this other person first and i'm gonna put that other person before me and so on um and i think there's a very small jump between people pleasing and seeking validation mm -hmm. from people right because you're you're people pleasing and then you also need the people you're trying to please to confirm right. <laughs> that they're pleased with right. your behavior um and so when you're always trying to put other people first you leave yourself behind and nobody really takes care of themselves no one really educates i think now people are starting to kind of clock that you know i need to kind of check in with mm -hmm. myself before I check in with everyone else. Um, and I think it's been a lot of the pandemic and all this stuff is now a lot of, you know, businesses are kind of pushing people to be like, love yourself and how to love yourself. And which sounds silly, but yeah, when you have 20 days a year to take free from work, right? But it's a, like learning to, you know, put yourself first and love yourself is a journey. It's, I think most people should probably be in therapy, if not everyone. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But we, I guess we took a big, a big detour um, 
from the subject. From the, from the subject, but I don't think we have actually. I think it's very much on subject because because yeah. this is the root yeah, of right? all the problems. Right. Yeah. I also think so. But why do you think it's because to me it's a paradox that because it's actually not a it it's not a bad behavior that you're thinking that instantly you're thinking about the other person it's actually good it's not a selfish behavior mm -hmm. but it leads you to this really weird place right where you're thinking oh what the other person is thinking about me yeah because when all that matters what am i thinking about myself it shouldn't matter if you know the other person loves you as long as you love yourself and as silly as that sounds you know if they decide to go on and be with someone else it's fine because you have your own love and acceptance for yourself mm -hmm. and that's the issue we're all seeking it from other people mm -hmm. yeah but then one would have to advise selfishness but i don't think it's I think the the thing is selfish has the word has a negative connotation mm -hmm. and you're not being selfish here you're not saying like I'm gonna think of myself first instead of you because I'm taking you, the last slice of cheesecake if you're thinking of yourself first automatically I think you're going to reflect better on all your relationships because mm -hmm. then you're taking care of your half of the relationship you know you're only in control of the half you bring to the table right. so as long as you maintain that half as good as it can possibly be then you know the other person should do the same and then you have a great relationship but you you're not in charge of your half and the other half mm -hmm. so like what's why shouldn't you be selfish yeah no, I, I totally agree with you. What I, what I guess I was aiming at is that the governing principle behind the, the behavior that could truly liberate a, a, an individual is be more selfish. Because if you're more selfish, essentially you don't care about the other person, right? And no, you don't care don't about their opinion. No, 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 no. I don't think it's about not caring about the mm -hmm. other person. It's just it's you you can value someone's opinion and you can take it in and you know a lot of the time it can be constructive but it's you need to integrate it as your own opinion of yourself it you know you shouldn't just if if someone says to you that you know you, you're not smart mm-hmm you shouldn't just take that for granted you shouldn't not question it mm -hmm. and i think that's what people do people don't question it mm. someone says you're ugly you're ugly like it it becomes ingrained in your brain that you're ugly you, no one questions it right. but you should question it you should think uh, do i think i'm ugly right like, is that my thought is that my belief and if it's not then their opinion doesn't matter if it is then you, you know then fine so in a way ego is good then Right, because ego is usually telling you, "Oh, you're the best. You're you're pretty. You're nice. You're smart. You're intelligent. You're all those good things," but yet. Yeah, but I don't think a lot of people have a big ego. You don't think so? No, and I think a lot of people have like huge gaps in their egos. Really? Also, there's a difference between thinking you're the best and accepting that you are what you are. 
You、mm. don't need to be the prettiest. You don't need to be the best. You don't need to be the smartest.、Mm-hmm. But it's there's a difference between just becoming upset because someone says you're stupid and saying, "Well, you may think I'm stupid, but that's not my opinion of me, so、mm-hmm. it doesn't matter." Yeah. There's a difference between saying that's not my opinion of me. I'm not stupid, and saying I'm so smart. I'm the smartest. Yeah, I think this is actually a really brilliant point. Point you just made. I totally agree with that. Not letting yourself be brought down by someone's negative opinion of you. It doesn't necessarily have to equal that you're. Uh, narcissistic. Yeah, and also generally, when someone is bringing you down, it speaks more to an issue they have than an issue you have, and I think people fail to see that. Like n- normally, people's first reaction is, "This is my fault. This is a flaw I have," because that's how you're brought up as a child.、Mm-hmm. You know, your parents, you'll break something, and you're bad.、Mm-hmm. Right. Or you'll, you know, you'll give a wrong answer, and you're not smart.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know this. You're in your childhood. You learn quite quickly. Yeah, the childhood imprinting is to accept what adults say to you because they're adults. Right. <laughs> so if an adult says, you know, you're unbearable as a ch- like when you're a child, you're gonna believe them.、Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't click straight away. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's a that's another really strong point. Just try to reflect on what made you into a person you are today, right? And also, in a you know kind of going back to the to the relationship thing and the book is it makes a lot of sense to I think to. Consider whether or not you、um, that the, the you know the events that shape you, w- 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 how you respond to them,、um, w- what impact do they have on you,、um, and you know if they are bad, how are you bouncing back? If they are good, whether you're not letting yourself be carried away a little bit, because、um, I feel like when things In life, generally speaking, go wrong for you. It's quite easy to think that that's how it's always gonna be, and almost always that's exactly the opposite, right? It's exactly how it's not always gonna be. It's just a phase. And when things are going really good, you think that you're this is kind of God given, and you're entitled to all the good things that are happening for、mm-hmm. you. And it's easy to forget that things can turn just in a in a in a split sec, right?、Mm-hmm. So you're either too too depressing or too ungrateful. Or it's easy to be one or another.、Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you? Yeah, I guess it's also because people don't really know their worth. So the moment something goes badly, they think that defines them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's the same when something goes well. You think that defines you. So if you don't know where. You stand within yourself, and like the worth you associate with yourself, then it's easy to fall on one end or the other. Right. Yeah. I I think. I think it's quite easy to be a little bit adrift, especially when you're you know in your twenties. I would imagine.、Mm. 
yeah, I guess you are. I mean, the whole time you're still trying to grasp all the traumas of your yeah. childhood <laughs> and you're, they're all coming to surface and now you're finally self-aware enough to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is why I'm like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I honestly think the strongest point um, from the book is that you know figure out who you are and what you want in life and make conscious effort to do that invest this time in in doing that mm -hmm. go out there try new things see what's up see what works for you what doesn't yeah. um i mean i think it's just about really what he's trying to say is if you can make yourself the best version that you think you can be mm -hmm. and the other person that you choose to be with has done the same mm -hmm. and you both contribute equal amounts to the relationship then it's it, you know it's bound to work yeah you know if you're the best version of yourself if you've reached the point where you know you know your self-worth you know you don't let others opinions bring you down you know you just then then it's gonna work mm -hmm. you know you have interests, you have your own hobbies, you have things that bring you happiness outside of the relationship. Yes, I definitely agree with you. I also, as a last point, I would actually write, like to bring this story, which is there was this happy couple, they were doing okay, everything was going swimmingly for them, and then the guy had a car accident, as a result of which he was paralyzed. Yeah. And the the women i think it i think it was the women um so the guy who had an accident and the woman was she came up with some excuse as to why you know the relationship isn't working anymore but realistically what it was for her is that you know this is not what she signed up to mm -hmm. she didn't however cruel this might sound the point of that story was you know when she was picking her partner, she was picking up a, a sporty guy, you know, a dynamic guy who was doing like 17 sports and this yeah. and that. And now he's uh, he's on a wheelchair. Yeah. And 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 this is just not what she wanted in life. This is not what this is. You know, this is a different person. Like life happened, you know, situation yeah. changed, even though initially it might sound like a morally repulsive thing to just, you know, ditch your loved one because they're on a wheelchair. On the other hand, it's your life right so if if you feel like this is a deal breaker maybe it is a deal breaker yeah what do you think do you also feel like this is this is obviously it's and a really this extreme is like a, such a hard moral question, <laughs> question. Right? yeah i mean i guess it depends like i think it goes back to like is this are there core values here that mm -hmm. you that are have been kind of broken by this change in events has it gone too far like are the things that you're losing too important to you to yeah. make it worthwhile and i guess it's the same for the other person because you know if your partner is miserable like you will be miserable too as a consequence yeah and 
I think the only uh, the only moment you become miserable is if you lose part of the core value. So if you know being outdoors and doing exercise all the time and so on is a big part of your life. I guess if you can't continue to do that on your own and support your partner, then I guess it makes sense. Right. Yeah. I I I totally see that and I you know, at the end of the day it is it is your life. You're only going to live once. If something doesn't work for you, try to change it. See what you can do. Yeah. I just think that. there are a lot of steps between, you know, choosing to end your marriage and because obviously yes you married a sporty guy but that's not the only thing you married right so it doesn't the fact that he's not sporty anymore doesn't take your sportiness away from you right you can continue to be sporty mm -hmm. and i guess I, i i see that it is a big loss but there are there must be other things in your partner that you love and will that are still there yeah yeah exactly so. i guess i guess the lesson from from that story is that actually every day you should assess from the beginning whether or not this 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 deal you're getting from another person makes sense for you and you know you might have a situation where this equation changes so drastically for for one reason or another that the you know the result is completely different than it was yesterday right for example this guy got a terrible car accident and it was you know the equation changed so dramatically um, but i don't think a lot of people do this 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 calculation every day because what do you, what do you think Well, yeah, I think it's also really easy for people to focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's very easy to lose track of, oh, they still have all these good qualities um, and just focus on, oh, they're on a wheelchair. Like, right. they can't move their legs. Right. Well, obviously, that this is very drastic, but I think it applies equally to other scenarios where yeah. you just fixate on something that bothers you mm -hmm. about the other person and you completely lose sight of all the good things that you like about them yeah mm -hmm. definitely I, i i totally agree with you i think it's uh we we are ending with a really heavy example that's what <laughs> i would say for sure right yeah um but the the previous point i think it's the really important one It's just try you have we all have a very limited time here so it's good to 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 figure out what what can we do with this time and and i think we should end with that because we're almost yeah. an hour in and we highly recommend this book <laughs> and we highly recommend the book right well, what <laughs> yes. was the title again if you're in my office it's already too late yes we highly recommend this book um whether or not you're in a relationship I think personally and Thank whether you're not you're married <laughs> yeah oh definitely whether actually if anything I believe that yeah you should pre-marriage yes this is a exactly you should read it probably before you get into any kind of commitment romantic or not there's just a lot of universal knowledge the guy was a Buddhist apparently <laughs> so you know he knows what he's talking about 
until next time thank you very much and um thank you so much for being here i appreciate you and your all all the knowledge you dropped on us <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> okay bye